Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. I am Rebecca, and I want to thank you guys for listening today. I know those of you who are listening are subscribers through Patreon, and your support means so much to me. Thank you so much. Um, and as you know, by being a subscriber on my No Judgment Patreon page, you get access to extra episodes that the general public does not have access to on the regular podcast feed. Plus, you get access to the regular episodes earlier. So it's a pretty cool deal. And today we're going to listen to our second episode. And last one was about uh, David and how he was coping with his wife of, what, 18 years or so, who had uh, been unfaithful to him. And so where we're going to change it to on this one is the story about being the other woman. And as you know, being the other woman or other man is simply that you are involved with a person who is in a committed relationship with somebody else. What happens when a woman cheats on her spouse or partner? As with any form of infidelity, there is always pain, sadness, and collateral damage. We've listened to many stories of women sharing their own infidelity. But what does the husband or betrayed partner go through? My wife and I were together for 19 and a half years. We married on November 24, 2001. Six months later, during the same two-week period that we were creating our youngest son, she had an affair with one guy three different times. She said it was because I wasn't telling her she was beautiful often enough, and it was someone that she had known before we had even been dating and was attracted to him, but she had never had the chance to sleep with him. She didn't tell me about this for a year and a half, and she also told me that she had been with 21 men prior to us meeting. To hear the full story and more stories about the betrayed partner's side of the affair, or being the other woman or other man, subscribe to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity's Patreon. With a $3 a month pledge, you will have access to these bonus episodes, plus have early access to regularly released episodes. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link to subscribe today. 
We're going to get to Sarah's story here shortly, but I wanted to uh, read an article about um, who the other woman really is and what she's going through. This is an article that was posted quite a few years back, uh, looks like in 2009. I don't think a lot has changed in the last 10 years as far as being the other woman, uh, but it is by Gina Barreca, PhD, and uh, her little quote is, Snow White doesn't live here anymore. But um, this is what she has to say, and I will have this link to this article on the podcast notes if you wanted to review it yourself as well. But um, basically what she says is, being the other woman, she's the nicest woman you could ever meet. In fact, you probably have met her. You might know her fairly well, and you might like her a lot without being aware. Of course, she is sleeping with your husband. She is a nice woman, really. This is the only part of her life that can't be examined, that can't be admired, that can't be discussed out loud. It's the only part of her life she doesn't respect herself for, and it keeps her miserable even when she's happy because she knows that whatever happiness she has is stolen and illegitimate. She's not a fool, even though she knows she's acting like one. Or she's not sleeping with your husband. Maybe you're single. Maybe you have different relationships in your life. And so this is a friend of yours, a woman you've come to consider a good and dependable part of your life. She's an elementary school teacher, a physical therapist, a pharmacist a social worker, a bank executive, a swim coach, an engineer, computer programmer. She's been your friend since junior high, your college roommate, your best colleague, your neighbor, your confidant, without revealing this part of her life to you, because she suspects that even at your most understanding, you wouldn't understand. You couldn't unless you've been through this, and she knows you haven't. Or, she thinks she knows you haven't, but one thing she has learned is that nobody is exempt from the possibility of this happening. If a person could claim exemption, she'd be first on the list. So she doesn't tell you, her best friend. You might judge her harshly, or even worse, Stop speaking to her altogether, and she can't bear the thought of losing you. She's already surrounded by the possibility of loss and will not add to it, even at the cost of not talking about the very thing that consumes her waking moments. Educated, polite, and brought up by a loving family, she's not a particularly hot tomato or the kind of woman usually transported across state lines for immoral purposes. Attractive, fun, attentive, and considerate, she is deeply committed to those she loves, and that's one of the reasons this tears her apart. One of the things she loves about this man, after all, is the way he treats the ones to whom he is closest. Not her. He can't treat her as if she were really in his life, after all, but others. His real family, the inhabitants of his real life. If he were an emotional bully or an emotional slob, 
she wouldn't have been drawn to him in the first place. Those aspects of his life he betrays to be with her are the very parts of him she would never wish him to compromise. So she understands how divided he is, how he feels like a piece of meat being sliced up by a rusty knife, how he feels like he's drowning and suffocating and being eaten alive all at once. He, too, is a decent person, except for this business of loving someone he isn't meant to love. Holidays are hard, but so is spring and so are winter nights, summer mornings and long early autumn afternoons. The phone is her lifeline and she has about 17 different ways of being reached in case some shard of time can be broken off and given to her. She'll take what she can get, not a way anyone would think of her, but in this case it's true. There are codes they used to communicate when they can't be spoken or written. These were funny at first, but over time they have become as serious as a car crash. Maybe it ends when there is a car crash and they're in the front seat together, returning from a place they never should have been, suddenly having to make up a series of lies to disguise what everybody around them now suspects is the truth. Even if they get away with it, the experience wrecks them, mangles what they had beyond recognition. Or she goes to his kid's high school graduation ceremony and realizes that it's been 12 years already and that she could have had a kid of her own by now, one that's in the sixth grade. Or it continues, impossible nights, intolerable weekends, endless violations of everything she knows about how life should be lived. But they have loved each other for so long now. How can it stop? She starts to worry that he'll die of a heart attack and no one will tell her for days because why would anyone think to call and tell her an incidental piece of bad news about some guy she never knew very well? Or she starts to think about her own final moments. This is the worst. She can't believe this is her life. Nobody else would believe it either. Even the man. It's a tough, rotten, exhausting routine. Nobody chooses it on purpose. This is not a defense of hers. She knows better than you that what she's doing is indefensible. Don't ridicule her and don't think you don't know her. You do. I kind of think that was a pretty cool article. That was that was great. Um, and it was well written. Um, and just, I think, helps all of us open our eyes to what people get in, into. You know, sometimes things happen. And so with that, Sarah's going to share her story of being the other woman and a little bit about what brought her to that point. I never thought I would be the other woman, never in a million years. I used to always think, how could a woman stoop so low as to be the other woman? Never say never, right? Well, I became one and still am one. Let's go back to my childhood a little. I grew up in a very good family. 
both parents instilled in me a good education and religious values. I went to church every Sunday and pulled straight A's all throughout school. I lost my virginity at 20 to one of my brother's friends, 17 years old. I guess that's where my attraction to younger men began. I went to college, received my bachelor's degree, and then went on to pursue my master's degree. With both degrees in hand, I began my teaching career. I believe it all began in 2012. I had three great losses in the beginning of 2012, and I was in a pretty bad state, sad, for a while. One June evening of that year, my best friend and I went to IHOP for a late dinner of pancakes, and our waiter was this cute, hot young guy about 25. He had the most beautiful long eyelashes and gorgeous brown eyes. I was 39 at this time. He was very attentive towards us, and before leaving, I got up to use the ladies' room. When I returned, my bestie had the biggest smile. I asked her, what are you so happy about? She said, the young, hot waiter came and asked me if I could give him your phone number. He was too shy to ask you himself. I couldn't help but feel a little excited about someone as cute as him being interested in me. As we were walking out and heading to my car, he comes out of the restaurant and he asked me if it's okay if he called me later that night. I said, yes. We both smiled, looked at each other, and said bye. True to his word, he called me when his shift was over. We began talking every day after that, and he ended up telling me that he was in a halfway house. Mind you, I had never dated anyone who had done jail time, so this was a first for me, but he captivated me with his attentiveness and affection. I had never experienced that with anyone. He was going to be here in town at the halfway house for another month, and then he was going to go back to his hometown, which is about an hour and a half away from where I live. We moved pretty fast, became intimate within a week of knowing each other. I fell pretty hard for him. He had done jail time, 10 months for assaulting some other guy, at least that's what he told me. When his stint at the halfway house was over, he was going to go back to his hometown to help his mom pay the bills and find a job over there. He said he would come visit me every weekend. Long story short, he disappeared for about two months and then he popped up in September by calling me, saying he didn't think he deserved me and that he had too much baggage. I was heartbroken because I had fallen for him in over a short span of time. Another loss for me. That same month, I got on a dating site and I met several men. Went on a few dates, but nothing serious. Then, this guy, a Coast Guard guy named John, messaged me. He was a cutie and he lived about three hours away. We began talking on the phone every night, and after talking for over three weeks, he invited me to meet him. I was so dumb back then, I should have told him to drive up to meet me. But I was new to all of this, so I was excited about meeting him, and one weekend I packed my bags and drove the three hours to meet him. 
Seeing him in person was even better. We met at a restaurant by the ocean. He lived in South Padre Island. Conversation flowed and he, too, was also very attentive. He was a complete gentleman. We kissed before I left to my hotel. The physical connection was there. I went back to visit him two weeks later and we consummated our relationship. By then he had asked me to be his girlfriend and I enjoyed going to visit him because one of my favorite places is the beach. I could just sit there for hours and listen to the waves. But I noticed that while I was there, he wouldn't want to go with me. He preferred to play his video games. This should have been a red flag, but back then I chose to see the good in men. He ended up visiting me four days in December. We cooked together, went out to eat, and things seemed good. Our sex life was good. And then in January of 2013, when I went to visit him, he was using my tablet, and when I came home, I was about to log into my email when his email popped up and I noticed he hadn't logged out. I came to find out he was on all these dating sites and he had sent endless amounts of messages to many women. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I waited until I visited him to confront him about it because at this point I wanted to see his reaction in person. He told me he only did it because he liked the attention he got, because it made him feel good. What the fuck was my reaction? He told me it didn't mean anything. At this point, I didn't believe a word he said. He swore he hadn't cheated on me, and I couldn't trust him at this point. I told him that I had placed all my trust in him, and to find out all this shit devastated me and made me lose trust. He couldn't undo the damage I had seen in those emails. I broke it off with him. 2013 progressed until August of that year. August 2013 was when I met the most evil monster ever. I call him a monster because of him is why I attribute as to why I became okay with being the other woman. Because of him, I came to learn what a narcissist is, the true meaning of a heartless narcissist. I got back on a dating site and this charming guy messaged me. Let's call him Ted, or you can call him whatever you want. I was 40 at this point and he was 25. It had been several months since the John situation, so meeting Ted was a breath of fresh air. We would talk over the phone each day. He invited me to dinner and to meet about a week after we had been talking. We met at a local Italian restaurant and met outside. We smiled upon meeting and he was tall and he presented me with a bouquet of roses. No one had ever done that before, for me, at least upon a first meeting. We proceeded to have a very nice dinner. Conversation flowed and we both felt the connection and attraction. After dinner, he took me to a park and we walked and we talked. He walked me to my car and he gave me a very passionate kiss. We said our goodbyes and we, after about a week, we had sex. 
Oh my god, the sex was out of this world. Probably the best I had had at this point. He made sure I always came before him. After about two weeks, he began to get distant and said he needed some time to think things over. I was taken back. Like, what the hell? I thought everything was going great. We would spend at least two to three evenings together, whether it was going out to eat or cuddling, watching movies together. I'm going to give you the short version now because I dated this narc for over a year, off and on. He broke up with me a total of about six times. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I look back and I can't believe I put up with his shit. Each time he begged and pleaded, he was a different man. He even cried twice to take him back. I came to find out he was a serial cheater. He was a swinger. He had a video on his phone of him fucking older women. He was into cocaine. He was a bulimic. And he was the biggest liar I had ever known. I even went to counseling with him, and he could have won an Oscar for the best actor. The lies he would tell the therapist. It got so bad that I finally had to leave him for good, cut him off, and then I had to go to counseling for all the damage he had done to me. I had seen things I had never seen. He had betrayed me over and over again, always promising to change until I could not believe him anymore. When I began researching characteristics about his persona, that's when I knew it was time to cut him off. That's where I learned about NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Well, he had all the characteristics. Then. I found out from his aunt that he was bipolar. Great. Someone should have told me this before. But by then, the damage was done. I took a few months for myself and would spend weekends with my girlfriends going out to dinner or having a girls' night out. I swore men off for a while. Fast forward to 2017. At this point, I was 44. I've always looked younger than my age and have always had lots of energy, so I have attracted younger guys. I decided to get back into the dating world. I began having friends with benefits with much younger guys than me, guys in their mid-twenties. Nothing serious, but they seeked me out, and having nothing to lose, I wanted sex too, so it was a mutual understanding, and things worked out for me and them. I was happy, had a great job, was enjoying my 40s. Then last year, in the summer of 2018, I was surfing the net and I don't know how I stumbled upon a site for married men seeking women. Curiosity got the best of me and I wanted to see what the heck this site was about. I had to join in order to see, so I made a profile, it was free, and lo and behold, I come to find many local married men seeking women. Within the first few days, I received a couple of inbox messages. One caught my eye. His name was Gabriel. He was my age, an accountant, and was seeking a very passionate affair. 
We began messaging each other and he wanted to meet. I was hesitant because this was my first time ever going out with a married man. But it was summer and I was on summer vacation and thought, eh, why not? So we agreed to meet up at a restaurant on the outskirts of town. Wow, he was quite handsome. A silver fox, you could say. Very well dressed and groomed. I think it was a mutual attraction because we hit it off right away. The conversation flowed and we didn't stay there too long, maybe an hour, but not more than that. He said his wife had become like a roommate to him and according to him there was no sex life at home. He walked me out and asked if he could give me a kiss. I said yes, while it was okay, it wasn't the best I'd had. But it happened, and when I got home, I kept replaying that evening in my mind. I kept thinking, what am I doing? Is this something I want to do? Why am I doing this? It's October 2019, and I am still seeing Gabriel. Gabriel has been married 12 years and has never had children. We see each other once a week, and it's just purely sex. It's a sexual relationship, for we don't ever really go out. He will come over to my place and we'll cuddle and talk and then have sex. Or we'll go for coffee, but never a real date. I accept that, but yet I am now starting to resent not being taken out. I want to experience a real relationship. I'm getting tired of being a sometime to Gabriel. He is having his cake and eating it too. He gets to take his wife out and travel with her. I know because we are on each other's social media and can see each other's posts. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I do get a little jealous of his wife. Just saying this sounds stupid, I know. There is also another man I met on that site. His name is Jason, and he's been married for seven years, has two small children, but says his wife is always too tired for sex and always wants a vanilla sex, just missionary. I met Jason toward the end of 2018 and also got involved with him. He's 32 years old. He likes to be dominated, and so I will dress up for him. He likes that very much. Why did I get involved with these two married men? Why did I choose to become the other woman? I know why. I attribute it all to being cheated, manipulated, mind-fucked, and discarded in my previous three relationships. I felt I could no longer trust men. I was never going to trust them, so if I couldn't beat them at their own game, then I was going to play it too. This way, I know they were already taken, and I'm not the one being cheated on anymore. Yes, they might have other lovers, but at least I'm not in the dark anymore. I'm the one they are coming to get some of their needs met, and so am I. I have no responsibilities towards them. While it's not something I ever expected I would do, life and my experiences changed me. Am I proud of this? No, of course not. But for now, this is my life, and I know one day these affairs will end. 
As of today, I am seriously thinking of ending it with Gabriel, because I do want more than the one time a week I see him. Time will tell. Thank you all for listening again today. I really appreciate your support, like I mentioned, and if you find you have a story that you would like to share, whether you are a woman who has been cheating on her spouse or partner, if you're a husband or a boyfriend whose wife or girlfriend has been cheating on you, maybe you're the other man, maybe you're the other woman, or maybe you've just been unfaithful and you need a way to express what you're going through because those of us who have been in situations like this truly know it's lonely, it's confusing, really there's nobody to talk to, and when you do, you run the risk of being judged. And again, that is why I have brought this podcast out into this world, because I want people to be able to know that there are others that understand And again, I'm not condoning infidelity by any means, but it's out there and it can be difficult for so many people on so many different levels. So please email me. You can send it to Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. You can go to my website, which is Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity dot com and you can email from there sign up of course for the patreon which you guys already have and uh, keep in touch sometimes people just message me because they just need to vent they don't necessarily have a story they want to share with the world but they just know that i'm not going to be there to judge them so i will leave it at that hope you guys have a great day and like i always say remember No judgment. Goodbye.